creating competition winning choreography this i know it's not all about the winning right but it really really does boost up the morale of your team your dance team your students it makes them feel good like they have fun throughout the dance season sure but whenever they go to these competitions it really doesn't feel good to just get smacked like it does not feel good to lose by a little or by a lot so we at least want to get them on the podium right cool but it still doesn't feel as good as being number one and Again, it's not about me putting choreography on stage to be like, yeah, that's right. I choreographed that. I'm the best. Has nothing to do with that. I make it all about the students. I I constantly tell my students, I want you to be proud of what you've achieved this season. I want you to go up on stage, get that first place trophy and those medals. And I want you to walk off taking tons of pictures and smiling and feeling amazing about yourself because you did that because you put in the work because you showed the effort you gave the heart and you you won that you earned that yeah so that's the step number one don't make it about you as the teacher as the choreographer because you want the accolades and you want the acknowledgement and do it for the students because That's what we teach anyways. We teach to not only pass down our knowledge and our wisdom and our skills and our gifts and our passions, so on and so forth. We do it to lift up the students that we're teaching, whether they're little, little kids or whether they're adults. Yeah, that's step one. That's a bonus because that wasn't even in my notes. You heard? (laughs) What's going on, fam? Welcome to the movement where we discuss all things dance, life and this profound powerful dance through life whether you're a dancer a little klutzy or just a lot of curious this show is all levels friendly baby so lace up and let's go you know that feeling you get when you want to dance and and live life to the fullest but you're paralyzed and you can't bring yourself to move you can't bring yourself to dance and mingle freely that feeling of i must forewarn everyone that i have two left feet just to lower the expectations and decrease the chances of complete embarrassment i know that feeling all too well because that is exactly who i used to be then through dance i learned how to connect mind and body and to decrease that voice in my head that was so concerned about what others thought about me I learned to increase the positive languages I spoke to myself and change the course of my entire life dramatically. I want to help you overcome that same exact thing. Each week, I'll be holding a live class session where you will learn how to become the most confident version of yourself in dance and in life, while being able to ask any questions you have in a community of others just like yourself. Go down to HaasDanceCamp.co. That's H-A-S-DanceCamp.co. I'll drop the link down in the description. I look forward to seeing you and building with you. Now let's get back to the show. Well, what an intro. People don't have anything else to do but make a lot of noise around this neighborhood. But it's all good. What's going on? This is your boy, Melvin A.C. Howe. I am your host. Thank you so much for taking time out of your beautiful lives and out of your beautiful day 
to spend some of it with me and for tuning in to yet another episode of The Movement. Why is it important that you tune into The Movement? Because there's one thing that I need you all to understand. It's not about the movement. It is about what the move meant. And today, we are going to be discussing the key to creating competition-winning choreography. This is one of my favorite things um, because I think the process of choreographing for a competition, whether it's a solo, a duo, trio, or a whole group, I think it's just really exciting. And there's really just a beautiful art to creating choreography for competition. And I think what makes it so fun for me is I know that I can't lose and the reason I can't lose, it's not only because I'm really good at what I do and I put a lot of time, effort, training, and just heart into what I do, is that I, you know, these tips I'm about to give you, these guidelines I'm about to give you, I follow them to a T every single time. And honestly, I have yet to lose a competition, whether it's for me, uh, performing for myself, whether it's choreographing a solo, duo, trio, or a group piece, all of my pieces have always come out on top. And it's because of these tips that I'm about to give you. So let's jump right in. Um, this one, I'm aiming for it to not be a long one today. I'm feeling like really mellow. I just want to chill out before going to work. So let's dive right in. And if you see me looking at my phone, it's my notes. So... <laughs> Here we go. So these aren't necessarily in order from most important to least important or vice versa. Um, they're a little scattered, but we're just going to go with the flow. So creating competition winning choreography. This, I know it's not all about the winning, right? But it really, really does boost up the morale of your team, your dance team, your students. It makes them feel good, like they have fun throughout the dance season, sure. But whenever they go to these competitions, it really doesn't feel good to just get smacked. Like it does not feel good to lose by a little or by a lot. So we at least wanna get them on the podium, right? Cool, but it still doesn't feel as good as being number one. And again, it's not about me putting choreography on stage to be like, yeah, that's right. I choreographed that. I'm the best. Has nothing to do with that. I make it all about the students. I, I constantly tell my students, I want you to be proud of what you've achieved this season. I want you to go up on stage, get that first place trophy and those medals. And I want you to walk off taking tons of pictures and smiling and feeling amazing about yourself because you did that, because you put in the work, because you showed the effort, you gave the heart, and you you won that, you earned that. Yeah, so that's the step number one. Don't make it about you as the teacher, as the choreographer, because you want the accolades and you want the acknowledgement. And do it for the students because that's what we teach anyways. We teach to not only pass down our knowledge and our wisdom and our skills and our gifts and our passions, so on and so forth. 
we do it to lift up the students that we're teaching, whether they're little, little kids or whether they're adults. Yeah, that's step one. That's a bonus because that wasn't even in my notes. You heard? <laughs> so here's here's the, here's a big one. Know the style of dance you are choreographing for competition. I cannot count on 10 people's hands and toes how many times how many times I've seen choreography on stage at competition that is literally just regurgitated commercial commercial hip hop, quote unquote commercial hip hop um, dance moves. You know, they do the whipping and they might do a little whatever whatever they thought twerking was or, or whatever and it's just like that is not the essence of hip-hop don't put that on stage because i know you're not a hip-hop teacher like i know you you haven't been to like street dance battles i know you haven't really put skin in the game you don't understand the culture of hip-hop don't be trying to teach hip-hop because all those who know hip-hop know that that's not hip-hop <laughs> and that goes for any style so i a lot of my references will refer to hip hop because that's what I specialize in. Yes, I do perform, choreograph and teach modern, contemporary, jazz, street jazz, so on and so forth. But I have the truest passion in hip hop and street dance. So a lot of my reference references will refer to that. But it doesn't mean that it's limited to just that style or those styles under the umbrella of hip hop. You heard? <laughs> Obviously, that's going to be my phrase for the day. You heard? <laughs> so know the style of dance that you're choreographing. Please, please don't put these students, these dancers on stage with some cookie cutter dance routine. Because not only does it make you look bad, it does not only does it make the studio look bad and weak, but it makes the student feel bad. Because they don't know, right? They're taking class from you to learn. So they're going to take what you say for, they're going to take it for value. Like they're going to be like, all right, they're the teacher. So they know more than I do. So they must be right. So if you're putting them on stage with some cookie cutter routine and they don't even place or they just get like that pretty much participation trophy or medal or something like that, it does not make them feel good. It drops their self-esteem. Do not do that to these kids. A lot, and I see a lot of kids who take competition competition super, super seriously. And then when it, whenever they get up on stage and they mess up, they crumble instantly. And I don't think that that's because of the choreography. I think that has to do with their self-esteem being low. And that could have been because of competition prior. It could have been with how they're treated treated at the studio or in the rehearsals. Uh, maybe they're not receiving enough attention or maybe you as the instructor are just being way too hard on them and you're making them feel like nothing that they do is good enough. So they're always expecting to fail or to mess up and every time they mess up, they're gonna crumble instantly because they feel like you're gonna be disappointed in them. So it's super duper important that whenever you're choreographing, yes, it's for competition. Yes, you wanna win. Yes, you want your students to win. But make sure that you are always encouraging and uplifting your students. There is nothing more empowering to lift you to levels that you've never even seen or accomplished or achieved 
than someone encouraging you and empowering you and supporting you and letting you know that if you keep going, you can achieve it. I believe in you. You can do it. Keep going and give them praise for their little accomplishments. So whenever they've been working on this same combo or this section of the choreography for however long and they haven't been able to get it whenever they finally get at least a portion of that right give them praise to let them know that they're on the right track that's going to empower them it's going to encourage them to actually go practice even harder practice even more on their own and they're going to ask for help more and whenever they put more effort into learning that's when they grow the fastest they catch up with all the other students and your team as a whole is going to dominate yep Keep on moving. Okay, so going back to know the style of dance that you're choreographing for competition. If you want to create competition winning choreography, like create something that you know without a shadow of a doubt, it don't matter who gets up on stage, it don't matter where they come from, that even if it's a new studio you never heard of and you hear rumors that they got these amazing dancers from here and there and everywhere, you know that you're going to win is being a master at the style that you're choreographing. Yeah. You want to know your style, but you want to be a master at your style. And what this does, it allows you to know for sure that you can create things that no other team or no other dancer that um, you'll be competing against will be able to create. Just because you know that you've put in more time, more effort, and they're not on the level that you're at, because you are literally a master in your style. <clears throat> and just to add on to that, whenever you are choreographing a style that you're not well versed in or that you're not a master in, it limits your creativity and most importantly, it washes out the culture of that style and presents the style of dance incorrectly. I, you know, there are so many times where I've seen, you know what, I'm going to call it out, 90% of the studios, at least here in North Carolina, are not they don't have actual hip-hop dancers teaching hip-hop classes so all these students that i come across or that i see in competition they're doing things that are not even part of hip-hop culture that are not even hip-hop and they grow up thinking that that's hip-hop so whenever they come take my class or they take my workshop then they're lost and they don't have the techniques they don't have the foundations because you didn't teach them the foundations they don't know the terminology because they weren't taught the terminology and this dance teaching dance is all about the education right so it's like going into a history class and your history professor is teaching you history wrong like they're making up their own history they're like do you know where rocks come from rocks come from ice makers in a refrigerator and then what's done is you drop some sand on the top and you hold it in your hands, you count to three and you kiss your knuckles and then it turns into rocks. And there's some people somewhere deep in the mountainsides who just scatter these rocks around the world. 
Like, I know that's, that's completely absurd, but you get what I'm saying? It's that it's the, it's the same difference. Whenever you go and you teach a hip-hop class and you're not a hip-hop dancer or you don't have hip-hop culture in you, you don't understand it, you're teaching these kids incorrectly, and then they take that with them, thinking that it's right. Then when they take real hip-hop, they don't understand it because it's a now it's a foreign language. They're having to start over from zero. You know that feeling you get when you want to dance and, and live life to the fullest, but you're paralyzed and you can't bring yourself to move. You can't bring yourself to dance and mingle freely. That feeling of, I must forewarn everyone that I have two left feet just to lower the expectations and decrease the chances of complete embarrassment. I know that feeling all too well because that is exactly who I used to be. Then through dance, I learned how to connect mind and body and to decrease that voice in my head that was so concerned about what others thought about me. I learned to increase the positive languages I spoke to myself and change the course of my entire life dramatically. I want to help you overcome that same exact thing. Each week, I'll be holding a live class session where you will learn how to become the most confident version of yourself in dance and in life while being able to ask any questions you have in a community of others just like yourself. Go down to hasdancecamp.co. That's H-A-S-dancecamp.co. I'll drop the link down in the description. I look forward to seeing you and building with you. Now let's get back to the show. Because technically they've been lied to. Um, so don't choreograph a style of dance that you don't know and that you're not a master at or that you're not a master at because it really just does present the style incorrectly and you're educating incorrectly. Um, yeah, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. And if that's not you, fantastic. Keep doing you, baby. Keep doing you. Keep teaching what you know. Keep loving what you teach and what you know. And keep on moving. So <clears throat> next, you want to think outside of the box. You you see that? You, have you seen that post or that, that video, that meme? It's, uh, oh, it's a trend that's going around where people post these videos and it's like, don't let them know your next move. It is that same exact way with competition. Don't let them know your next move. So it's like, I'll use contemporary for an example. It never fails. Every time I go to a competition and I'm just sitting there watching, it never fails or judging. It never fails that these dancers all do and recycle the same exact moves in a different sequence with different musicality, but it's the same exact moves. And the crazy part about it is contemporary isn't, it has classical, classical training, right? Classical techniques and whatnot. But contemporary is not limited to a certain set of moves. Like there's not just a certain dictionary of moves or, or uh, uh, encyclopedia of moves that you go to and like, all right, let's, let's go ahead and do this move, this move, this move, this move, and we're just going to fit it to this music. But that's what it seems like. I see these competitions and that's what I see nonstop. 
non-stop. And even more so, the facial expressions are either non-existent or they're the exact same as the other dancers, as if that's the only facial expression that exists in contemporary dance. Contemporary dance is a very profound and deep and expressive dance style. And it's a very um, intentional dance style. So expand on your creativity. Do something new. Maybe you throw a couple of these encyclopedia moves in there. These phone book moves. Sure. Just so people. I don't know. I don't know. That's not me. I don't like doing that. But yeah, sure. Throw a few in there. It's not it's not a deal breaker. It's not a bad thing. But just make sure you do it in a more creative way. And um, play more to the, the story of your choreography, the creativity of your choreography and do something that no one is going to expect and that no one else is going to do. Those are the things that make you stand out. Because trust me, being a judge and being in the audience, it is so, so boring to see the same thing dance after dance after dance after dance. And when you don't stand out, it's not for sure that you're going to win because everybody did the same thing that you did and you did the same thing that everybody else did just to a different song, if even to a different song. Think outside the box and get creative. Be constantly innovating and building on new creative visions and ideas. Do not be afraid to do something that possibly goes against the grain of what you've been taught contemporary or ballet or modern or hip hop is. Now stay within the culture, stay within the realms of that culture and of that world. You know, don't compete in hip hop in the hip hop genre and be doing contemporary. You feel me? Um, Stay within the realm of that culture and of that style, but get creative and innovative with it. Yeah, because dance is constantly evolving. Dance is constantly evolving. So if you're not evolving with dance, you get left behind. As simple as that. On to the next. Tell a story. So I just brought this up, but tell a story. Because dance is a language. Dance was meant to tell stories. Movement is meant as a form of, com of communication. Your body language communicates how you feel. It can communicate what you're going through. It can communicate so many different things. And if you're not telling a story, then you're not even using the language of dance in the proper way. You're not using the language of movement in the proper way. Need to say no more. Okay, next, uh, what else we got? Don't do all the moves. You know, every other company in that category will be doing. Uh, we went over that. We went over that. Because it, it's boring. It's average. It lacks creativity. It lacks originality. And simply put, it is not champion material. <laughs> we wanna, we're listening to this because we want our students to be champions. We want them to win and feel amazing. Regurgitating moves that everybody else finna do. 
not champion material. You're setting your students up for failure. You're setting your dance team and your dancers, solos, duos, trios up for failure. And then when they, whenever they feel bad afterwards, especially if they've been putting the work in during the season, that's not on them. That's on you as the choreographer, as the teacher, and the instructor. Do your due diligence. Give them something that for sure can win. And the only way you know for sure it's going to win is if you're a master in what you do. Fantastic what you do. And you get creative and do things that no one else is going to do. There it is. All right. Um, okay, here's one. Play to your strengths. Now, there's it's a two-part. There's an A and B to this one. Like, you want to play to your strengths, but also create new strengths. Push your limits, train, and create new strengths that no one will expect. So if I'm going up against your team, and I know y'all throw flips all the time, you do aerials and whatnot, and that's your strong point, that's your, like, big bang, then maybe my students that year didn't have those flips but now we know because we go back and we're like okay they done flips this year this year and this year that's that's their that's their hot uh what is it what is it that's their staple is doing flips then not only are we going to do what we're fantastic at but we're gonna i'm gonna teach my students one flip well, just one. We don't need a whole bunch of different flips. We're going to do one flip, and we're going to do it so good. And we're going to use it more creatively than you are. One flip, make it creative, because then you're not even you're not going to expect us to do any flips first. And then you're not going to expect us to use that flip how we do use it in terms of musicality and creativity, um, making it cohesive with the vision and the storyline. And we're going to dominate doing what we do best so you don't have to add multiple strengths play to your strengths and then add one new strength um especially if you can do one that no one is is going to expect from you all you're already steps ahead okay pay attention to the details and make sure everything looks as precise as it can be details do matter details matter now i know when it comes to like more classical styles like ballet contemporary and styles like that jazz even um broadway so on and so forth that the details are the things that are looked at the most you know is your toe pointed what does your line look like are you know what's your turnout look like are you in your positions properly so on and so forth when it comes to hip-hop a lot of times the judge is not even hip-hop i ain't gonna front but the thing is they don't really know what to look for detail wise until they see it and it makes you stand out okay so every other crew they or every other team they might have like their transitions and their formations might look cool and you know they might have energy on stage but maybe they're not detailed and maybe all the other hip-hop dance teams or solos or whatever are going up on stage and they have the same things the same attributes they have the formations the transitions and the energy but one thing that they don't have that you incorporate is detail find details sharp movements add texture 
fast, slows, big movements, small movements, and make sure everyone is on point with that timing. Because a lot, again, a lot of times these judges are not hip hop dancers who teach, or I mean, who judge some of these competitions. So some of the times these judges are not uh, hip hop dancers who are judging these competitions. So they don't know what to look for. And then they see it and they're like, oh, nah, that's the real deal. The detail matters. The details do matter. Um, okay, here's one. I swear I be preaching this thing because it annoys me the most. Just like recitals, competition should be a privilege, not a right. If dancers are missing rehearsals, if they're not practicing, if they're not putting in the effort or anything along the lines of not giving their all to the dance and to the rest of the team, they should not be allowed to compete. They should not be. I don't I don't care what they paid for their private lessons. I don't care what they paid for the choreography. It should be understood from the start of the dance season that if you want to compete, it is a privilege, not a right. You are not owed the opportunity to compete at this studio or at this dance school or organization, company, whatever you have to earn that. If you want to dance, you have to follow these guidelines. You have to be on time. You have to be at rehearsals. Like, it's simple stuff. Simple stuff. And so many studios let these students compete at competitions and perform in the recitals. And they haven't earned it. We got to change that culture because that is whack as can be. And it's stressful for your dance instructors dealing with these students who don't even want to be there or act like they don't want to be there. Change it. It's got to change. It's a privilege, not a right. You know that feeling you get when you want to dance and, and live life to the fullest, but you're paralyzed and you can't bring yourself to move. You can't bring yourself to dance and mingle freely. That feeling of I must forewarn everyone that I have two left feet just to lower the expectations and decrease the chances of complete embarrassment. I know that feeling all too well because that is exactly who I used to be. Then through dance, I learned how to connect mind and body and to decrease that voice in my head that was so concerned about what others thought about me. I learned to increase the positive languages I spoke to myself and change the course of my entire life dramatically. I want to help you overcome that same exact thing. Each week, I'll be holding a live class session where you will learn how to become the most confident version of yourself in dance and in life while being able to ask any questions you have in a community of others just like yourself. Go down to hasdancecamp.co. That's H-A-S-DanceCamp.co. I'll drop the link down in the description. I look forward to seeing you and building with you. Now let's get back to the show. Let's go to this last one, okay? This is the biggest part of competing. The biggest part of competing. The biggest part of competing, okay? Train 
and drill your dancer or your dance group with stage presence. Stage presence is single-handedly the most valuable and most crucial part of competing. If you don't have stage presence, the judges get bored, the audience gets bored, no one wants to watch it anymore. They just are waiting for it to be over. And for sure you did not win. It's that simple. Stage presence is so important because it adds character. It adds intention and purpose. And it adds entertainment and value to what your you or your team or your dancer is presenting. Facial expressions, sound effects, um, body language, body positions, angles, how you walk up on stage before the before the music or the lights are even cued, how you stand on that stage with confidence, it all matters more than anything. It all matters more than anything. Okay, so if you look at it as a pie chart and you have all these different values, my quick math is not about to be mathing right now. But I'm a try. So you got a pie, a pie chart, right? A hundred percent. So then it's divided. You have your was that thirty-five percent uh pizza slice. You got a thirty percent pizza slice. Was that sixty-five? So I need thirty-five more. <laughs> you got a a twenty percent, a ten percent, and a five percent. I think that's a hundred percent, y'all. I tried my best. Um but the most important, the biggest slice of that, that 35% slice, is stage presence. You can have all the other things and not have stage presence, and somebody with stage presence who even lacks in some of those other portions are going to win. Stage presence is the most valuable because we want to be entertained and we want to feel drawn into your performance. We don't want to feel like we're waiting for it to be over. We want it to end and be like, that's it. Hold up. That was that was three minutes already. That was six minutes already. That was that was 90 minutes of a performance already. That's how we want to feel. That's how everyone wants to feel whenever they watch dance. So I promise if you take these things into consideration, all of these things, go back and listen to it, share it, listen to it, take notes, please, 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 please. I'm sharing this information because simply because like so many of these people these students who compete they need teachers and choreographers who understand these particular principles to save these students from being embarrassed and a lot of instructors and choreographers don't know these principles or they don't or they simply just don't practice these principles so yeah I mean, t take this episode, sit down with your studio. If you're a studio owner, sit down with your studio, with all of your teachers, watch, listen to this episode, take notes, have discussions about it, and go win some trophies, go win some medals, go win them first places, them crystals. You feel me? You dig? You're? That's all I got for y'all today. I'm about to go chill out. Melvin A.C. Howell. Thank you so much for tuning in the movement. Go on and tell me why. Because it's not about the movement. It is about what the move meant. Sending all peace, love, and blessings until next week. See you.
thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Movement. Why? Because it's not about the movement. It's about what the move meant. If you like this episode, please do me a huge favor by leaving me a five-star review. And if you're not already, please go ahead, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend because I'm providing this valuable perspective so that you can level up as an aspiring dancer. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next Wednesday on The Movement.